The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's close to a perfect book. There's almost nothing to change. And if there is change to be made, I'm not going to be able to say it. Like, I don't know how to do it. Like, yeah. It, it really it? is Terry Pratt is one of Terry Pratchett's, like, best work. Tolkien will be around for ages. I think the same of Discworld. And especially to um, people in England. Like, any, any of you guys that are watching over from England... I'm sure you guys know the cultural significance that Terry Pratchett are, are really has. Are we going to assume we have an international audience right now? There's one. We can't get our Maybe. neighbors to watch this thing. <laughs> you expect Jeffrey from London to I, tune into I this? I can have hope. You know, if this world taught me anything, it's to hope. You're, I forgot the whole message. You're right. <laughs> Turn me around. Small gods. Welcome, welcome. I am so excited for this one. Th- Likewise. This Small Gods uh, by Terry Pratchett is is in my top five books ever. Of all time. It and of all time. Of it's all in your top time. five of these books. Yes. And more behind us. <laughs> and more in your bedroom. And upstairs. You have books everywhere you need to move. Like you need to move out. It's it's a problem. <laughs> I, I do kind of just like leave the books around. <laughs> but, but top five of all this. Do you understand how huge that is? Oh no, Small Gods it, and it also gets a special rating. It, it you know how like Ooh. some they, they get the special medal on their own, like a little mm-hmm. award. Small Gods gets the Richard Smile Award. The Smile Award. It gets this I have never smiled so much in a book. Other books have made me cheer. Other books have made me cry. I have n- like my mouth hurt from smiling so much when reading Small. It's like you're Gods. in a stand-up special, except cuter and better. And <laughs> it, it's just, it's it's close to a perfect book. There's almost nothing to change, and if there is change to be made, I'm not going to be able to say it. Like I don't know how to do it. Like, yeah, it, it really it? is Terry Pratt is one of Terry Pratchett's like best work. So this book is the 13th book in Discworld. Discworld and series. Discworld yep. has 41 novels that he's, yeah. he wrote over 30-something years in his life. 32, I believe, years of his life. Do you want to talk about Discworld for a second and why if people haven't... So we're going to do spoiler-free first for the first maybe 10 minutes of this video, then get into spoilers and talk about why we love this book. Yeah. But first things first with Discworld, is this a good entry point into the Discworld? It's a great entry point. It was my personal entry point into the series. So Discworld itself is a 
long series, but basically is an absurdist fantasy world. And description of the world. The disc world, where all, all the story takes place, the world is a flat disc on the back of four on the backs of four large elephants that are standing on a tur- on the great turtle that swims through space where the sun actually has to drag the light behind it where the sun is actually faster than light because the light is very lazy <laughs> <laughs> that's great and there are recurring characters like death the personification of death himself is one of the most human characters ever written of one of the most endearing um then you have oh god there's so many repeating characters but but this is the 13th book in this world but you don't have to read them in order exactly it there are series in there like the witches and so forth right yeah there's a so as terry pratchett wrote it in chronological order there are groups of characters that you kind of follow or there's so there's the wizards and they're in the city Ankhmore Pork. So there's about five or six novels that kind of focus on them specifically. There's the witches and there's about five or six that cover them specifically. Same thing with Death himself. And so of those, you definitely need to read in chronological order. Mm. But you don't need to read those sets of books in any particular order. You could start right away with Small Gods. Exactly. So, Which, it's it's the only Discworld book I've read. It's Do you want to introduce me to Discworld? You said read Small Gods. I did. Thank you. So, yeah. it's, it's excellent. Other other entries could possibly be, uh, so Small Gods, it was mine, but you could also read Going Postal or Guards, Guards. Mm. Those are typically the three that uh, are some of the best entry points to the series. Amazon agrees because I looked it up real quick on Amazon, mm-hmm. and the top-selling Discworld book is Small Gods. Other than, I think, number one is like a map-type thing. That's cool, ah, a cool book yeah. you can buy. But as far as the actual novels go, Small Gods is constantly on the top of that list. Mm-hmm. It's a great entry point. And it was written in 1992. Doesn't feel like it. The book is timeless. Oh, yeah. the, t- the It's a timeless book, timeless tale, and has a timeless message. No, it, it will be one of the books that, like, Discworld and Terry Pratchett's world will be one of the things that survives a, a long time. It, it is, I personally put it on the level of Tolkien on survivability and timelessness. Mm. Tolkien will be around for ages. I think the same of Discworld. And especially to um, people in England. Like, any, any of you guys that are watching over from England... I'm sure you guys know the cultural significance that Terry Pratchett are, are really has. Are we going to assume we have an international audience right now? There's one. We can't get our Maybe. neighbors to watch this thing. <laughs> you expect Jeffrey from London to I, tune into this? I can have hope. You know, if Discworld taught me anything, it's to hope. You're, I forgot the whole message. You're right. <laughs> Turn me around. So, okay, let's go right into our... Spoiler-free rating. Spoiler-free rating. Yes. So, spoiler-free rating overall, out of 10... A 9.35. Very strong. It's your fifth of all time. My fifth favorite book of all time. Wow. Awesome. So, I gave an exact 9 out of 10. Excellent. It's a pretty darn Beautiful good. book. Anything 9 out of 10 for me is like I'm falling over. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, 9, 9.3. You guys know how we feel about this. Give, 
Without spoilers, we're going to talk maybe next couple minutes, just a, a pitch to you guys, and then we're going to go right, dive deep into, if you haven't read the book, we're going to warn you when spoilers are coming. But just a quick overview of why someone should read this book. What would you say to them? I'd say if you one, if you want to smile, if you want to just have a genuinely fun time that makes you think at the end of it, read Small Gods. It, it's yeah. one of the, it for me, ter- the Discworld is one of those breather books. When I'm in the middle of like a heavy series and I just want to break it up and get a good palate cleanser, Discworld's always there for me. Smiles is the right way to put it. Because yeah. I'm around you a lot, and it's a little depressing. So when I got my Terry Pratchett in my pocket, I'm like, you know what? I don't need Richie. I can just <laughs> smile reading this book. And the interesting thing I'll say mm-hmm. is this is not a book. We, we talked briefly about this before the pod. I think we agree on this point. Hmm. That this is not a book that you're going to go, oh, I got to read the next page. I have to read the next page. No. It's one of those books you could set down and go, I can't wait. You know, I'm going to go back to that whenever I want, and I'm going to love it. It's not a thriller type of, oh, Oh, it's yeah. it's just so fun and enjoyable. It's always there for you. That's how I feel about it. It it, it is not a like plot page turner of oh my god, what's gonna happen next? It's just not that kind of book. And in many other books, that's a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. oh, it's not a page turner. Eh, it's probably boring you. No, not at all. It's just not the book that oh really demands like oh is this person gonna die? Oh is what's gonna happen? Like you're just having a good. You're having a very fun time while you're reading it, and I can stop at any time I like and still enjoy myself. Question for you. Is this book has no chapters. Is that all Discworld books? They don't have chapters? Yep. Cool. There are no chapters. Nice. It just goes. It just, it just goes, and then it stops. <laughs> it's an absurdist fantasy world, and it's just a crazy ride. I'm going to ask you maybe an impossible question before we get into spoilers. But <laughs> all right. <laughs> what similar books are there to Small Gods that if people would like <laughs> Seriously, is there a similar book that someone would like and go, oh, you would like Small Gods. You would like Terry Pratchett. Uh, the only thing I can think about is maybe Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. It's okay. the only other like really good absurdist fantasy. Or like and that's not it's absurdist sci-fi. So different, but yeah. Th- there's not much like Discworld. There's a there's other things that are maybe similar to Discworld, but there's nothing like Discworld. Yeah, it's it's a unique thing of its own. I think people will love it. And I think that's where we're going to end the spoiler-free version. Okay. We go right into spoilers. I'm excited to get into spoilers. All right. Anything past year, at your own risk. Spoiler time. Spoiler time. Here we go. Let First category? Emotional impact. Emotional impact. What did you give emotional impact? I gave emotional impact. And exact, and just real brief, by the way, we have five categories that we rate. Should mention this in the video. Oh, yeah. So our we, we have five categories that we rate, and we rate these each out of ten. And the average of those five categories is how we get our total score. So to organize the video, the first category is emotional impact, and yeah. I gave that an exact nine out of ten. Fair enough. I actually gave it a nine point two five. So right around the same ballpark. Yeah. We mentioned this in the spoiler-free version. But a lot of that is just a fun, feel-good, smiling the whole time. That's the I, I'm consistently enjoying oh, yeah. my time. Well, it's two fa- it's two factors for me. So it's not only that I'm smiling, but on the emotional side, it gets me to think. Mm-hmm. After I put it down, I'm just thinking through it, and it's it stays in my head rent-free. Yeah. And I'm just constantly like thinking of how wise and how 
philosophically fascinating this very, very funny book is. That I think when you me- mix serious messages with a funny, absurd tone, it's the best chemical combination you can make. Oh, yeah. It's, and with this one, the, the thought-provokingness and the critique it has on religious fundamentalism mm-hmm. and atheism and yeah. philosophers. <laughs> it, it has a critique-slash-thought-provoking message on oh, all yeah. of these facets. No one is safe. Like, a very shallow look at this book. Uh, I, I can very much see maybe a fundamentalist Christian who maybe read this, the spark notes of the book but didn't actually read it could say that it is a critique of uh christianity or a critique of religion and it's a you know pro-atheist book which it is very much not it critiques religion certainly but it's also a critique of atheism and complete non-belief and a it's a critique of general philosophy and even science and democracy like no one is safe yeah and it's very clear in Small Gods that it, it is a critique on religion and religious fundamentalism. And you see it, it's very obvious. And yeah. the message is there. It's, it, it very much mimics religion to the extreme in that fundamental nature. However, a lot of people, uh, that, because I've been reading what people have thought about this, but there's a line by Simony later. Simony's one of the non-believers who, who likes the book that the Didactylus, is that his name? Did I say that correct? Uh, Didactylus like. Um, so Simony, when, when he's presented with Ohm, the god in front of him, he, he literally says, don't think you could just get around by existing. Or don't, <laughs> don't think you could fool me by actually existing. Something like that. Or just shows even if an atheist is confronted by God himself, oh, still. So yeah. it's a critique on both sides, and it's just a really thought-provoking Well, it's not, it's not just a critique of like, oh, religious fundamentalism, eh, all these downsides to it. But it also talks about the upsides and the good sides of actual religion and mm-hmm. God, and how uh, God does have a place in shepherding a flock. And there's some real positive messages. In, in At the end of the day, this story is about brother and Ohm, and how Ohm makes brother a better person. And brother makes Ohm a better God. And yeah. like, you see them both change because of each other. And Ohm actually becomes a God worth following. And that's really cool to see. And like, there's a, there's some real reason to actually follow God and how without God entirely, without anything to believe in, what is there? Cause just following people is not always a good idea. So no, it, it is a very thought, thought provoking book for me. Yeah. And the, the ending, how do you end a book better? Just the, the feeling you Beautiful. get from that with Vorbis being in, eternal hell for who knows how long he was there and brother coming in at the end leading vorbis down the desert Ugh. it it is such a beautiful ending of how do you give a satisfying conclusion to your villain who's a true villain who deserves if anyone listens listen to the audiobook please by a- andy circus oh. andy circus recently did um the uh, audio version of Small gods, mm-hmm. amazing. That man can do anything, but anything he he is. But Vorbis deserves just desserts. You know, he deserves his upcomings. Up, upcomings. Don't know what you just said. Have no. Ha, I don't even have a clue of the word you're trying to say. 
That is how out of the ballpark I Uppins? am about Volca- up. No clue. Richie, I have. I am very upset at how little <laughs> I know what word you're talking about I, right now. Okay, I meant to say a word. Someone correct me in the comments because I, I can't, I can't figure out what I was trying to say. He deserves punishment. No, he deserves, he deserves to get what he's is what he deserves. <laughs> what, what are you trying to say? Is that a word? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> Probably is. It, it's in stupid. my brain. Okay. <laughs> it's in my brain. Um, but he deserves that. But brother is, at, at the end of the day, he's a kind soul that is not, he is forgiving, but he's one of those people that does right even, he does right for right's sake. And so Forbus isn't redeemed. He isn't forgiven by other people. He isn't turned around at the end where, like, you know, he sees the error of his ways. No. He suffers. He 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 suffers his uh he suffers justly. But when brother comes across him, he leads him through the desert anyway. He ca- takes him on the other side. And just that wonderful where brother leads him through the desert in life and then in death leads him through again. Damn. And just wonderful. And just this the overall emotion of the book. Think of the topics. You have torture, death, slavery get you're smiling the whole time you're reading this thing <laughs> oh yeah it's unbelievable the, the most serious topics taken in such a light-hearted way small gods is beautiful in that way of you're reading in small gods about a a scene about slavery and someone's going going to get tortured and this endless cycle of pain and suffering but you've got om the turtle and you've got <laughs> vorbis just over there commanding his people it's it's beautiful but yeah, emotional impact. It, it's one of the highest that I can really give. That it, it I, this it's the sec- I actually reread it, so this is the second time reading it. It still hits. It's one of those books awesome. that I can read again, and I still find great enjoyment out of it. Terrific. Reading. I, I think we should move on to the next category. Characters. Characters. What'd okay. you give it? Characters. I gave an eight point seven five. All right. I actually gave it a 9.5. Fair. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Very, like almost excellent. Almost perfect character for you. Yeah. yeah I, I'm trying to think through, because I can't yeah. really think of any character that I like, thought was any in any way missing. Even the small, small characters, like cut me hand off Digby, who's just in there. He's a wonderful character. Oh, first we oh, have to God. mention the best character in the book. Is Faster Bench. Faster, Faster Bench, the ship captain who got sucked up in the fleet who was going to invade uh, the Omnia, right? And he was just there and was like, oh, I guess I'm here now. And there are people who don't have a name for a war. So when one of their people tries to say war, they say, remember when Passion Moj hit his uncle with Big Rock? That is how they say war because they don't have a word for war in their small society of maybe 60 people. Just a beautiful, beautiful faster bench. It, it's such a, it's such an absurd little thing of just him just trying to sell fish to all these generals. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Excellent. But yeah, I mean, I guess you got to start off with brother. Mm. Um, what a character journey, of. You, you see him start out of like a very. In some ways, dim-witted fundamentalist that is a true believer in his God, but doesn't know why and believes just because his grandmother told him to. And obviously his grandmother's right. 
or else and she wouldn't have told according her. to Vorbis, if it wasn't for the deficiency of her sex, she would make a great inquisitor. <laughs> just, <laughs> I see lines like that. I just remembered it from the book because it's that power. Like the lines are just oh, yeah. that hard. We'll get to dialogue. Oh, we'll, dialogue. We'll get to dialogue. My notes are just yeah. quotes. That's it. And I had to cut. I, I, I oh. could have had more, but I. Oh God. It's beautiful. So, brother. Brother. And his journey of discovery. It, it isn't just a a one age turnaround. He goes through a journey in uh, a Phoebe where he discover like people that are happy and relish in the untruth and the the uncertainty and brother who's always been certain of everything in his life just tell like these people are spouting untruths and uncertainty and they, they seek have, ignorance they they tear down these pillars and have nothing to put in its place it's awful and in many ways fair enough it is like these people don't have anything to put in its place. And it's the extreme of both philosophies. It's yeah. So beautifully contrasted. And I, I just love how his interactions with Ohm. Yeah. Of Ohm being one Ohm is just so funny. It really is. Like, this great and powerful God is now in the body of a little tortoise. Yep. <laughs> and because he only has one true believer, and that is brother. Out of one true believer in a city that all follows. Follows the God. Follows God. Yeah. Oh. And what, that's honestly what it really, one of the biggest messages and kind of like over the head message is how in a city where, in a city of followers, all following, uh, you know, praying to the God Ohm, where there's only one true believer. Because all the others are just following the institution. Because the institution is... They're following out of fear. They're following out of habit. They're following out of... Jealousy. Whatever you name it. But they're following the institution, not the god. What a... Powerful. What a powerful statement. Very powerful. It's on the nose, though. Yeah. But, man, it works. And Vorbis... God, what Vorbis. a villain! Vorbis. I'm Vorbis. not doing Andy Circus any any. Uh, Andy Circus sounds much better than this, but he sounds like <laughs> this, but better in the audiobook. It's great, Vorbis. Oh man. So what what are your favorite parts of Vorbis? Like, why do you the, think he makes such a great villain? The first descriptor I remember of Vorbis is when and I'm not saying this word for word because I'm not going to do Terry Pratchett justice here by saying this, but the description of Vorbis is. Just being in his presence, he he gave off the aura that he had a six foot perimeter around him at all times, something like that. Where he had, oh, he gave a stare. He, he gave um, Vorbis gave off the impression that his personal bubble was <laughs> in six feet dir- in a six feet uh, direction all around him. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> great. It's like, oh, I get exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And it's the classic Vorbis being the the lead. Exquisitor, right? Exquisitor? Yes, Exquisitor. Him being Exquisitor. It's the classic, you have all of your Inquisitors and those guys in fear of Vorbis. Everyone's fearful of Vorbis, which just makes him so scary and so overpowering. And his dialogue is so crisp. And, ooh, I love it. He's that cold villain, which are always the best Mm -hmm. of the... 
They don't do things out of anger. They don't do things out of joy. They do things because of this cold certainty that they have. And there's nothing there's nothing to move him. Like Vorbis feels like an immovable entity. What do you think about his motive? I mean, he's the ultimate fundamental, like fundamentalist, where I love Ohm's description of him when he gets to read his mind that his mind he's never read another mind that is such a steel trap where nothing gets in that the only thing Vorbis hears are his own thoughts echoing inside his own head. <laughs> nice. And that that's such that's such a great description of him. Yeah. And how everything he ever does he's gained zero input from his god from other people. Everything that he thinks is maybe his like thoughts that he's come up with are just echoes of his own. Nothing new. Yeah. Surprisingly, so yeah. For anything else you want to add of Vorbis? Oh, just a great villain. And he he has some of the best dialogue. Part of the message of the, just yeah. like brother faints, and he looks over at uh, brother Nimrod and says, "Like no, brother Nimrod's like, oh, he he just fa- he works in the gardens too much. It's that's just what happens." Right. And Vorbis looking at the unconscious brother just says, "Have you tried?" Beating him. <laughs> that was much closer to Andy Circus' voice, by the way. <laughs> and Brother Dumbledore's like, uh, I don't think that that's going to work this time. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But I, I mentioned uh, if you want anything to add on Vorbis, because I want to move on to one character. Okay. I, I I gushed over Didactylus. Didactylus oh, uh, is just so such oh, a yeah. fun character to me. He he's a blind person who carries a lantern for philosophical purposes. You know, oh yeah, he's of a course. Mixed point, of course. <laughs> like, that, that, what philosophy, man? Oh, yeah, man. You gotta philosophize. <laughs> That's how you do it, man. But I just love how they're all hippies and also scientists, and like, they're such a weird combination. Yeah, and one of them had their pants off because they philosophize so much that they forget their pants, you know. Well, it, there's so many references to classic Greek philosophers where it's a common occurrence that uh, philosophers in Ephebe, the city in, uh, on the Discworld, where they have bathhouses. And it's a frequent occurrence where they jump out of their bath just completely naked saying, Eureka! <laughs> yeah. And they have to go to the local store to get, you know, pen and paper. And yep. then forget, but that's a common occurrence. Or most philosophers live in barrels, and but some barrels have a bathhouse in them. So like, and that that's references to Greek philosophers and how they treat it almost in a commercialized setting. Nice, nice. Like, it's the fashion of it. Yeah, which I just find funny. Yeah, you have him and Urn, great duo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Over just to say why I didn't give it a nine because mm-hmm. you know being picky about it. I sure. didn't like. I'm looking at character like Simony. I didn't fully get Simony. I was like, okay, he's he's a fine character, fits his place. I appreciate and, him more on the second read through. Oh okay. He, I'm uh, not enlightened enough. I haven't read it twice yet. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. See, you're just not. All right. You're not big brained enough. Okay. You gotta yes, read. You it I saw that dig. Time. Oh, you know, on my second read, I understood Simony more. <laughs> you pretentious. <laughs> but actually what did you get more from him on the second read well he shows more than any of the other characters that 
being on the right side is not enough. You have to be on the right side for the right reasons. Okay. That he is that classic soldier where he, you have Vorbis on one end, you have Brother on the other, and you have Simony kind of right in between. He can go, like, he very easily influenced. And I think he speaks a lot more to the common people that kind of the whole populace that he very easily can be like Vorbis and follow someone like Vorbis. He can very easily follow someone like Brother. And you show how even when he's leaning toward Brother's side, he's still influenced by Vorbis and he's like Vorbis in many ways and still that kind of violence and that brutality and coldness to life that he has. And Brother has to bring him back like, no, 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 no. You can't just... You can't just uh, be on the right side. You have to be on the right side for the right reasons. I like that. Okay. And he yeah. he shows the folly of it. And, and just throughout all of the instances, he's on the good side. But he goes about it the wrong way. Got it. And I, 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 re- I think he's very important in that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you could convince me to up my rating overall of the mm-hmm. uh, of certain categories. Like maybe, maybe if a week from now will be like a 9.2 or three closer to your rating. Um, I think mainly why I didn't give a nine versus 8.75 is just preferences. I don't know. Just the way mm. when I feel about, it, I'm like, excellent, excellent, excellent. I'm like, Oh, but I, I prefer that, you know, I still, I love it in so many ways. I'm looking at other books I loved and go, I think I prefer this here. So it's still, mm. there's an argument to be made that it's does everything perfectly. Yeah. So well, the, I just love the side characters so much. Like, of course, I love the main characters, but all the side characters fill such great personalities, and mm-hmm. the the populace of the world itself, the characters all. No character acts like they would on Earth. Like the even the the the, the local slave in a Phoebe acts like a Discworldian. None of them feel like from Earth. And they all feel alien, as they should. And oh. they all have this... They Every character has a little sense of madness yeah. of living on a disc, riding on the back of a turtle. And all of them have that, and that common thread. And I just love it. You just mentioned very important side characters. Hmm. The Aphibian slaves, who are treated better <laughs> than, the, than, than brother. And it, the, it, go ahead. It's appropriate to bring up the uh, go ahead uh, the quote yeah. that the Phoebean uh, dictator brought uh, told Vorbis. Uh, Vor- Vorbis says, "Slave is an Phoebean word. In Alm, we have no words for slave," said Vorbis. So I understand," said the tyrant. "I imagine that fish have no word for water." What a what a great line. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Like that's just beautiful. Be- and I think you could probably take that as maybe a, like a capitalist sense. Like I-, I could very much see a read of how you know, you're a cog in the machine and you're a slave but just by another name. Like you're all mm. free, but mm. all the system around you like are you really free? Mm-hmm. Where the slave gets 
you know time off gets to <laughs> eventually gets to own slaves of yeah, his own why, like why there's a whole, the whole system point, the slaves don't revolt is like what's the point of being a because i'm going to be freed one day what's the point of saving up to be freed if i can't own slaves one day yeah <laughs> that's their thought process <laughs> it's like wait oh yeah this, okay. this, this book makes you laugh at slavery so yeah <laughs> it, you know, it's such two a white guys book. laughing at slavery hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how it, how the book how terry pratchett pulls it off but slavery Torture. I don't think he covers genocide, but close enough. <laughs> Does I mean, he? he the the uh, civilization in the desert that is just wiped out. Okay, yeah, we Gone. don't we don't see it happen, but it, yeah, it does, yeah. yeah, yeah. But cool. Char- anything else you want to add on characters? Well, I think we'll move on. We spent quite a bit there. All right, fair. Plot enough. will be, I think, a little shorter. Okay, plot time. What did you give plot out of ten? 9.25. 9.25? Okay. I gave it an 8.5. Very great again. Mm-hmm. Very excellent. So. Yeah. I, I think I gave it higher because of just how many times that it is so satisfying of a conclusion. And all the little things are concluded very well. That I don't really think there's any wasted time in there. There's no part of the book that I don't think you could... Like just take out completely. It all adds value. I think the best example of that is how how it's paced super well is the Ephibian battle. Yeah. Do you remember that part of the book where the the battle in Ephibi is basically glossed over perfectly? Yeah. To where it's not we don't see what happens. It's Vorbis. You know they go through the labyrinth and then one of the next chapters, not chapters, sorry, sections. Because there's no yeah. chapters. One of the next sections is just how uh, it's told in a paragraph or two. About mm-hmm. the invasion. Because you don't need to focus on the invasion. It's not the yeah, purpose. Who, yeah, who cares? He, he focuses on what you need to understand for the message of the story and for to well, relate to these characters. And here's uh, also another reason why I have to give it higher uh, in, in into the nines is this is absurdist fantasy and it doesn't feel like deus ex machina. Mm-hmm. I, it, I want you to think about that. Not like one, it's hard to avoid deus ex machina feeling in just standard fantasy or when there's magic involved at all. Think of the Time Turner or Thor Love and Thunder's Eternity. Like, it's very easy to fall into that trap. Now, have magic and fantasy, and then add on top of that absurdist humor, and somehow make that plot feel earned and not just a, an ass pull. Yeah. That's amazing. Where you know, Ohm comes you know, flying out of the air from a turtle and kills Vorbis. Just boom. That's not an aspect because it came from the very beginning. Yeah. Very beginning of the, the eagle circling and talked about how they're sca- like they're tr- they pick up tortoises and throw them on the ground. Like That feels earned. Everything in the book feels earned. Yep, very much and so. And that's impressive. Agreed. I, I think the, uh, the ending as well with not, not just how Vorbis ended, but brothers end before he dies, and which that's great in the desert. But before he dies, one of the helpers, maybe another, anyways, if someone comes up to him and is asking him about something, it's like, hey, it's been a hundred years, and the last thing brother says before he dies is, hundred years? I thought it was fifty. I forgot. It's like the first time he forgets in the whole story of, and it's just yeah. so peaceful. And it's that letting go. It's yeah. it's great. The the way the plot's structured in that sense of the payoff is there. The oh, setup. Yeah. Ugh. Lovely. Well, I, I also just like the little ending with the historian. Where the historian's telling his boss of, 
oh, I, I had to nudge things around a little bit to get things moving. Like, oh, you're going to get in trouble. And the actual written history was that a brother dies and there's a hundred years of warring and strife and famine and all these terrible things. It's like, everything work out? And the historian's like, yeah, everything worked down the end. It was good. <laughs> it was good. And I just like just that little bit of how much brother really did influence and help. It, it it's such a such a satisfying uh, conclusion for the character. Mm-hmm. Now you know what I'm gonna challenge you. All right, I'm gonna challenge All you. Right. I'm plotting right. just everything we've talked about so far. Is there anything <laughs> you could critique here so far? Why not a ten, Richie? personally for me like i said with the last one there's minor things in my head i'm not even going to vocalize because they're so minor it's like personal preference as far mm. as overall like it's excellent great boom 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 i'm just talking personally like i'd give it eight seven five instead of nine or this or that but for you is there is there anything you could say up to this point like with plot wise of oh, i didn't love this part or didn't like that i would say that uh didactylos and his nephew urn urn are not as like they take up a good amount of page time but are not as well executed as the stuff with brother and okay. corpus Fair. like that's the real heart of it and they they tackle the kind of religious aspect and then didactylos covers the more technological pro- like and basically covers the idea of you know Nuclear deterrent and mm-hmm. uh, war, uh, e- escalation of uh, arms, basically. And so, good, but they're not as good as when they were in a Phoebe. Got it. Still very good. Still very enjoyable. That's why it's still a 9.25. But like, yeah. if I have to critique something, Got it. it's not as good as... Got it. I just wanted to show you, no, we're not biased here. We we can show both sides. All right, let's go on about yeah, loving the no. book again. <laughs> but yeah, plot, I think that it's a shorter section because it's just clean plot, great pacing, not much else to say otherwise if you want to add anything. Yeah, no, it it's clean. It's a clean plot that everything in there feels earned. The It feels a well-woven story. And yeah, and just kind of blown away with it. Awesome. Now into, I think we both agree, the best part of Discworld, and this book specifically, of Small Gods, is the dialogue slash prose. Agreed. It's the best part. What'd you give it? 9.75. 9.5. Yeah. It's the highest yeah. rating category of the book for me. It's one of the most quotable books I've ever thought of. Like Finish after me. Mm-hmm. Time is a drug. Too much of it. We'll kill you. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> what a good line. Just banger after banger actually, line. That actually is my first quote here, too. Oh, is it? Time is a drug. Too much of it. Will that kill was you. my first line. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, it, guilt was the grease in which the wheels of yeah. authority turned. I have. Oh. Damn. Okay. Oh, my God. There, there's so many good. Or, um, oh, throw another line out there. Go. Fear is a strange soil. It grows obedience like corn, which grows in straight lines to make weeding easier. But sometimes it grows the potatoes of defiance, which flourish underground. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. 
Guilt-jerked brother upright, like a hooked fish. He turned around and sagged with relief. It wasn't Forbes. It was only God. <laughs> <laughs> Just lovely. What a, All oh. right, top that. Go. Uh, death paused. You have perhaps heard the phrase, he said, that hell is other people. Yes. Yes, of course. Death nodded. In time, he said, you will learn that it is wrong. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Death is the, one of the best characters ever written. That's awesome. You, oh, God. But, um... Oh. You I, have to... I, okay, yeah. I'm just find funny what's... You had to have a mind like Vorbis to plan your retaliation before your attack. <laughs> It's great. Oh, God. Oh, God. These lines are so killer. Why did I not give this a 10? (laughs) I know about sureness, said Didactylus. I remember, before I was blind, I went to Omnia once, and in your citadel I saw a crowd stoning a man to death in a pit. Ever see that? It is done. It has to be done, brother mumbled, so the soul can be shriven and... Don't know about the soul. Never been that kind of philosopher, said Didactylus. All I know is it was a horrible sight. The state of the body is not... Oh, I'm not talking about the poor bugger in the pit, said the philosopher. I'm talking about the people throwing the stones. They were sure all right. They were sure it wasn't them in the pit. You could see it in their faces. So glad it wasn't them in the pit that they were throwing just as hard as they could. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, Terry Pratchett, you know what you're doing, man. Oh, my you God. Got it. Like, uh. I, had to, I had to cut, oh. Or one of the ending lines, one of the ending lines, brother talking about <laughs> the army is closing in and they're, they're outnum- outnumbered, outgunned everything. And brother decides to walk out and meet meet the opposing armies and says um I, oh I don't even think I wrote this one I just have to remember it Ten, ten thousand will not be in will not be sufficient but perhaps one will be enough nice what a badass line yeah <laughs> what a great line oh uh. oh what are some others that you got on you? Yeah? I so I, some of them I don't just have I don't have exactly the quote, but oh, okay. generally what was said, like you know, obviously if we're to look historically on Earth, how invasions are brutal, and there when you when you invade another city, there's rape and pillaging and so forth. In this world, it's civilized invasions. Woe the woman with charm and gifts. There's no need for barbaricness. You woe the woman with a nice gift once you invade the land. And they will, you know, if they like yeah. the gift, then you shall mate. It's just so, it's like, okay, that's. Well, just how people interpret. Uh, or, okay, one of the best that I, if you know about atheism and like the existence of God, a classic argument on the existence of God is the watchmaker argument. That if you find a watch on the sand, that it implies that there was a watchmaker 
uh, just like the world. You see the world and all the complexity of it, that there it must be a maker of the earth. Discworld, on the other hand, uh, and I quote, or to put it another way, the existence of a badly put together watch proved the existence of a blind watchmaker. <laughs> Man. <sighs> yeah, a... I'm slowly being convinced to put this as a 10 dialogue. It's uh, Honestly, it's I don't hard, know why I gave it 9.75. Yeah. I, I guess when you're listening to it, it's, I will say this. I, I will say mm-hmm. the being the terrible critics we are, the only reason it's not yeah. 10 out of 10 is like I noticed some lines like didn't hit for me not every single line hits there's so yeah. many great ones yeah but if it's t- like if we're talking perfect like perfection itself yeah but still it's it's close to perfect it's nearly perfect you know still love I- it. i'm i feel appropriate with it because lord of the rings gets 10 out of 10 got it and it's nice if it's close you're right it isn't perfect because like there's plenty of quotable lines great lines mm-hmm. but as a whole altogether, like the interconnecting things there's some stuff that just seems good and normal yes but it's not all poetic like this Mm. where lord of the rings the entirety of it is poetic and quotable and just altogether encompassing a perfect 10 got it so yeah i'm i'm satisfied with giving it just just shy of a 10 fair very fair and obviously we have to finish this up with ohm's line do unto others before they do unto you oh (laughs) Come on now. That's one of the best lines. Come on. Come on. All right. You want to go into world building? Yeah. Finish this off with world building. World building. It's another entry in Discworld that perfectly encapsulates the insanity. Rating out of 10. What is it? I give it a 9. Finally, I give a category higher than you. (laughs) 9.25. I I only gave it lower than you probably because I, I love the world. Yeah. But one of the best parts of Discworld is Ankhmore Pork. And okay. Ankhmore Pork is not in this book. Okay. And okay. so it is very good, but the world gets better. And so that's where I'm like, if the world gets better, I can't give it higher than this. The ex- So the excellence of the world, you have Omnia, of course, mm-hmm. a Phoebe, the desert, the descriptions of society, which goes into the world building, the, the class structure. There's just so much to it that I thought it was, once again, ex- everything in this book is excellent. And a specifically a Phoebe, the way it's described. Oh. Where uh, there's this, so this one description was used. It says, one man's patio was another man's roof. It was a pedestrian place, enough for a person or donkey, but not for a cart. Yeah, yeah, that's puts a picture in your head. Got it. Boom. Okay, and then we see naked, or I don't know if that was right before or after. Then we see the naked guy. I'm yeah. Like, okay, this city's crazy. Well, also when considering world building, the concept of death is so important. Mm. It, it's one of the key features of Discworld. It is the most, I think, it is the best interpretation of death. Discworld would not be what it is without it, because Discworld itself is. Very brutal. Like, a lot of people die. There's torture. There's death. There's rape. There's all these terrible, terrible things. It's a cruel world. But at the end of cruelty is death. And how he shepherds people off to the afterlife is such a peaceful way of, like, death is not completely miserable. It's peaceful. 
mm-hmm. in the way of like the ship captain dies and all his crew and how when they die they start lose the memories are there but they start losing their earthly attachments of the reasons on why some certain stuff matters and they go yeah hey, who cares about that like i'm already dead the worst part's over and if the worst part is over, the only place to go is on. And it only gets better. And how him and his crew are like, let's go discover. Well, let's let's go find some of those barbarian afterlives. They sound fun. And just on the journey with ghosts, uh, ghost dolphins flying through the afterlife. And that's such great world building. Mm-hmm. On death and the afterlife is what you believed. So... They're sailors, so they believe in that kind of Davy Jones locker thing. The Omnians get to go to their Omnian uh, afterlife. And so every person has their own afterlife. That's such great great world building and makes the world far more pleasant than it really should be. And how people in Omnia, religion's a huge thing. And then when you go to a Phoebe... The philosophers go, why is why are gods interesting? They're everywhere. You could see the gods. Yeah. We need more metaphysical things <laughs> that are actually interesting. Or when, when or gods when are right in front of you, why talk about them? Or when they talk about like, oh yeah, no, gods aren't real. Uh, who, and then all of them just like scoot away. <laughs> and they get smited. Yeah. And I just love the idea. Like the gods smite them and the body instantly is gone, evaporated. There's just a little pile of ashes. But they always leave the shoes. The shoes never disappear. They, they all the, the smiting has to leave the shoes just to show that they were there. Were there. Got it. Oh. Great. And then you have yeah, the philosophers are great. The desert's great. Omni is great. Is there a wor- so the world building aspect that you love the most? Which, which part of the world was the most interesting to you in Small Gods? The Phoebe. I, I'm I'm with you. Phoebe was yeah. one that just. It, it's where a lot of the characters really were challenged, and where, uh, some of the best dialogue in a Phoebe. Yeah, I, I love that part. Yeah, I love the part of I should have mentioned this in plot, but where brother has to memorize the library makes so much sense. It's it, getting burned down. It's like brother again. Got it. it actually is believable and not a. It, it's not a Deus Ex Machina. Because it was set up of like mm-hmm. how absurd his memory is, and also that I know someone watching is not going to get it unless they read it. But the fun thing with Discord, you better have read it if you're this far in the video. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the funny thing with how books work in Discworld, how books in and of itself are magical, and you put too much book, you put books together, and they start acting in strange ways, okay. and they have their own density like gravity or space and so brother doesn't know how to read but he has all of those books in his head and they books have a mind of their own of their magic so they start kind of seeping into his mind and they know because the book knows itself now brother knows Mm. and it makes sense of in the magical system like i know it's not set up in this one as well but in Discworld, it makes perfect sense why the books read themselves to Brother, in a way. Okay. It actually is something similar in the very first Discworld book, where somebody gets a certain page from a book, 
in their head and it's stuck in their head and the pay the the spell from the book is trying to get out and he constantly has to like not focus on it and make sure and keep it trapped in his brain or else it escapes so it makes perfect sense in Discworld and a great great addition to the world awesome my intuition's telling me that my rating's a nine and it can definitely go higher once I read it a second time I can see myself agreeing exactly with you with the yeah. extra the extra bump I should put in my ratings, but it's overall, all the little things. It personally. is it is all the little things. Like you just love the historian, the um the even the ex the Inquisitor that is a little bit more sadistic on how he's afraid of Vorbis and how he's freaked out by him. Of like you always understand someone who's you know, enjoys enjoys the thrill of torture. What's terrifying is Forbus, who does it because he believes it's right, and does it because there's not anything else to do, and that terrifies him. Like, I like that aspect of it. It's all those little stuff that makes the per the book more. Well, if you're this far in the video. Hopefully you've read Small Gods and tell us what we you hope. thought of Small Gods. <laughs> no one's gonna watch this video because you haven't read it yet. Well, hope they would have clicked off hopefully at the when we ended the spoiler-free version. Yeah. But but it, let us know what you think. Um, I will try myself to be more involved in the re- replying of comments since I read the book and I'd love to discuss the book with you guys. Uh, let us know what you think about the book and tell us why you think Small Gods is fantastic small gods it's a big success all right bye everyone was that not a good line Hmm? are you just gonna ignore that great success okay (laughs) what is that a line from something no i thought like small gods it's a big success like a coin oh that went right over my head okay bye everybody (laughs) bye Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.